Hi, welcome to our Sunday Sermon Epilogue. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, I'm joined by uh, several of our pastors here today as we reflect on last Sunday's message in Ezra chapter 1. We began a series in Ezra that is uh, about the hope and promise of revival. In chapter 1, we specifically looked at the fulfillment of God's promises and the stirring of God. Um, this little epilogue thing is something that we haven't done before, but I hope it will be uh, something that you will enjoy being able to think about what happened on Sunday, and maybe it will drive some of those thoughts and stirrings of the Lord into your life a little more deeply. That's all that we're hoping to accomplish here. So, hey, welcome, guys. Glad you guys could join me it's today good to be with you as we think about uh, last Sunday's message in Ezra chapter one. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that I was kind of impressed by as I was making my way through the text is the complete change of Ezra's fo uh, of Cyrus's foreign policy. Mm -hmm. How. The Assyrians and the Babylonians had this policy of taking people, basically killing most of them, carrying them off and uh, destroying their temples. And Cyrus's policy was one of return. Um, just the, how did he get that idea in his head, you know, is something that you have to think about. Um, what are some indications that as we think about that, how God works in rulers' minds and all of that, what are some indications that you guys have that God still rules in governments? Hmm. What are some ways that that happens today? Yeah, ever thought about that? One that I thought of is just the remarkable ways in which, for example, in the 1940s, God put it into the heart of our president, Harry Truman, to help with the establishment of the state of Israel. I, why? I, you know. Or um, what is it that caused Adolf Hitler to, uh, after winning so much in the West, all of a sudden break his treaty with the Soviet Union and go attack the East? You know, I, those are things that you look at and you just have to say, there has to be something more to it than just God, uh, yeah. the, the, than just their own head. Yeah, and it keeps you from hopelessness too, right? When you think mm. of the, uh, the direction of the nation and some politics in our nation, you can look at it and just go, this is hopelessly out of control. Mm -hmm. um, but a story like this reminds us of God's faithfulness to keep his promises, his sovereignty over the king, mm -hmm. that uh, uh, the king's heart is like waters in the hands of mm -hmm. God, right? Yeah. So you can be hopeless even in the midst of what looks like a pretty hopeless situation, mm -hmm. knowing that God is still in control. Mm. I think that hope comes from not only God working within the lives of believers, but him affecting the lives of unbelievers, Yes, working within their hearts. We have the Bible here, as you said on Sunday, it's a real time, real place, real people. And we see that today, even in your presidential uh, example, that we have recorded history today of people that are making decisions 
that God has influenced them. So mm-hmm. our local, state, federal, world leaders here, God is mm-hmm. working with in their midst. That's a, that's a sweet thing that we can have hope for. And we don't know one generation to the next how God might use it you know, in the next generation or two generations from now right. uh, as he sovereignly works out his will and plan. The right. things that sometimes we think are evil and horrible, God ends up turning for good, you know. So. That's one of the ways that I encourage students as well as myself. I try to pray that, that God would cause our leaders, our government leaders included, regardless of whether they're believers or not, I encourage them to to pray that they would make good and godly decisions, mm. that it would be God-influenced. And we've seen that happen. We'll see that happen in Ezra mm-hmm. as well. Mm. That's right. Yeah, it's really uh, a neat thing that we can challenge one another to take confidence in those things. One uh, other thought, and then I'll move on to another idea. Um, in reading biographies of leaders, you know, one of the things that you observe is that a leader will often say, and events just took over, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in control of those. You know, like, for example, uh, President George W. Bush. <laughs> He was uh, thinking he had a particular agenda, reason he got elected and all that, and then all of a sudden 9-11 happens, and the entire trajectory of his presidency is altered, and he's motivated and moved by something entirely different than what had brought him to the office of the presidency. So, you know, we look at Cyrus and we just say, wow, God, you're up to something really, really important. One way we see that God's up to something really important is this phrase that's used twice in chapter 1. Verse 1, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. And then in verse 5, then rose up the heads of the fathers, houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house. So God put it in the, hand, in, the, in the heart, stirred the heart of the king, but then he also stirred the heart of the people who had been exiled to return. And kind of a question that I wanted to ask myself, and I certainly asked uh, our folks in church, was how is God stirring you to rebuild? Um, are there ways that you see, even personally, guys, that God's stirring you to rebuild in your life? What are some ways that you see that? Hmm. While you're thinking about that question, I'll, I'll give a little answer. One way that uh, Carol and I have started praying uh, really every day is we pray through each member of our family and each of our grandchildren that um, that phrase uh, that Peter writes um, that people would grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just pray for each one in our family for that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of thinking about something that God's stirring us to, to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In um, relationships in my life or in our lives that have become broken, mm-hmm. uh, God can stir us to rebuild uh, yeah. broken relationships, something mm-hmm. that we might be responsible for, Mm-hmm. Or something that uh, we're not responsible for, and yet we yeah. recognize the brokenness. Yeah. And God, would you stir in my heart to lead exactly. me to rebuild what was broken? That was something we actually asked people to think through during communion on Sunday, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. 
in preparing for some of the small groups that are studying Ezra, <clears throat> I read through the discussion questions, and they asked about how God might stir our hearts to serve him in some way. And the mm. few that resonated with me were joining God on his mission to tell others about Jesus. And mm. so what a great opportunity for us in our neighboring ministry to uh, want to articulate the gospel in a way that our neighbors can hear it clearly mm. and love and care for them. And the other one was to show compassion to people in need. And the third was serving in our church, finding ways of meaningful mm. service to engage both with our gifts and talents <coughs> and then wanting to serve a church mm-hmm. that uh, is here to proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Cool. One of the things that, that uh, just a couple of weeks ago we were challenging the students around a campfire um, was to, uh, to take some time alone by themselves mm-hmm. and, to, and to pray through what is it that God might be stirring in their heart. If, is there one thing mm-hmm. uh, that would be a new habit, a new thing that they would make a commitment to doing mm-hmm. for the Lord for this year? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, as they kind of come up with those things, uh, we want to be encouraging them. Mm-hmm. And the, the prayer thing too, similar to Carol and you, um, we're trying to pray through the entire youth ministry and the young mm-hmm. adult ministry roster uh, on a regular basis and mm-hmm. things. That's a lot of people, but um, but we're working on different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Some of which will be coming out later this year, too, for the whole church. Oh, sweet. Well, I hope that this has stimulated your thinking around these two key themes that came out of Ezra chapter 1, that God rules governments and that he stirs his people. You know, the big idea we had was that God has precise promises. He uses the rulers of this earth, knowingly or unknowingly, to fulfill his plans, and he stirs his people to action. So take heart, dear brother or sister. Uh, God rules all of the kingdoms of this world, and he stirs our hearts.